There we go. How's everybody doing this morning? Blessed. Blessed. Let's do that one more time. We can do better than that. One more time. Come on. Blessed. Blessed. All right. Praise God. Praise God. So we got a baptism coming up, and I think, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I think we're going to do it on July 2nd. I think we're going to, and I think it's going to be a special service. I think what we're going to do is we're going to go by and celebrate recovery on Thursday night. Yeah. With Sunday morning, so there's going to be some testimonies of people that's it's been through the program, that's met Jesus, that it's been the Jesus, not the program, that's changed their life. So it's going to be a, a good service, and we're going to uh, do baptismals after that, I think. So it's going to be awesome. So again, Celebrate Recoveries on Thursday nights. If you guys get a chance, come on out. <clears throat> that's an awesome ministry. Today, right after class, so Brother White's going to be uh, doing our foundations class. And if you are getting baptized, today's a good day because he's going to be talking about baptism uh, in that class. Praise the Lord. And then on Wednesday nights in the coffee shop, we have our new discipleship class. So, so get involved in that. Praise God. So I think that's all the announcements I got this morning. So there's probably a few more in there, but they're in your bulletin. Praise the Lord. Let's pray real quick. Uh, Father, I just come before you this morning, Lord, and I ask for your anointing power, Lord, that breaks every yoke, every chain, Father, Lord. Just be here, Father, Lord. I bind every hindering spirit, Lord, that would try to come against your word. And, Father, I just declare the work of your spirit, Father, in this church, Father, that, Lord, you'll touch the lives and the hearts of everyone here, Father. They'll get something from this, Father, Lord, that will grow them, that will keep the fire of God burning in their life. Father, I just pray for your anointing power this morning, your Holy Spirit, to have his way and declare it in Jesus. Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. I want to talk to you this morning, guys, about keeping the fire burning in your life. Are you on fire for the Lord today? Do you have a fire for God in your life? Are you passionate? Is it the anointing power of God in your life that people can see you on blazing, that you're, you're flaming for God, that you have that anointing in your life, guys? Or in your spiritual life this morning, is it just more smoke than fire? See? We're called to be lights in a dark world. Are you light? Are you lit on fire for the Lord? Are you that light in this world, guys? Are you just smoke and ashes and just we're sending up smoke signals with our life? God called us, guys, to go out and be a light into this dark world. Jesus says in Luke 12, 49, I've come to bring fire on earth. And how I wish it was already kindled. We're to be the fire of the Holy Spirit here in this life to show people that Jesus Christ is alive and well in our lives, guys. There's an old song that says, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. But it's mine and your responsibility, guys, to take that fire, to take that little light and make it a flaming fire in our lives. That people can see Jesus Christ. They can see the anointing power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That you're on fire for him. There's something different about you. How the power of the Spirit is moving and working in our lives. Do people see the Holy Spirit in your life? Do they see that you're on fire? Or do they see some that was once on fire? And now that fire's gone out and all there's left is just smoke and ashes in your life. See, when people first get saved, they get on fire for the Lord. They're hungry for the Lord. They have a passion for the Lord. They can't get enough of Jesus. You know, they're, they're going to church services on a regular basis. They're, they're in prayer meetings. They're in God's Word. They're just hungry and passionate. They're on fire for God. But then something happens over time. We forget to put the fuel on the fire, and then our fire burns out. The fire that once was burning bright, it's now it's, it's gone dim, and it's just turned to smoke, guys, in our lives. And it's just like the natural man. If you don't put fuel on a, on a natural fire, uh, it will go out. It's the same thing with your spiritual man. If you don't keep adding fuel to the fire, it will go out in your life. See, if you neglected the, the, the disciplines, there we go, disciplines <laughs> of the Christian faith, your fire will burn out. You can't let your uh, prayer life go and, and, and not read and not spend time with God and expect your fire to keep burning, guys. 
You can't let your spiritual life, the spiritual condition of your life, come down to like where it's just a smoldering smokestack. You have to be on fire for God. If you want the fire of God in your life, you've got to spend time with God. You can't neglect uh, to add fuel to the fire in your life. You can't afford to let your spiritual life go, that fire in your life. When you do that, guys, you begin to neglect your spiritual life. That's when the things of the world will start creeping in, and it will get your heart, it will get your mind off the things of God, and you'll start getting your mind on the things of this world. The cares of this life will come be, be more important than your, your desire to spend time with God. And then you'll begin to neglect your personal time in prayer. You're ne- uh, you'll uh, neglect your uh, time in reading God's word, and you'll start getting more involved in the things of the world than you will in the things of God. You'll start missing church services. You'll start like a disconnecting from your church family. And then that one time missing on Sunday turns into two and three times a month. And then we try to justify our actions. And I can tell you guys, the more time I spend in the Bible and that I read and I understand the Christian life, it's a, it's a crucified life. Amen. It's not my will. It's his will be done in my life. It's a disciplined life. It's self-discipline. And we're to be crucified with Christ. The Apostle Paul tells us here in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. This life I now live in the body, I live it in faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. Guys, it's not me that lives, it's Christ that lives within me. I don't get to do what I want, when I want, how I want to do it. You know, and I don't get to miss service anytime I feel like it. And, and I don't get to not be involved in the missions or in the work of God because I gave my life to Christ. When I accepted Christ into my life, I accepted his commission and his mission for my life and I owe him it's not me that lives it's Christ that lives within me I'm to do the will and the work of the Lord because he shed his blood for me and if you're here today guys and you're more passionate about the things of the world than you are about being at church and your relationship with God then you're probably more smoke than fire today to be a true disciple of Christ means to deny yourself, to take up your cross and follow him. And Jesus says in Matthew 16, 24, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Not go your own way and do your own thing, but come in alignment with God's will and his purpose and his plan for your life. God's got a will for your life. And it's for us to be lights to this world that people can see the fire of God burning in our lives. To let that fire of God burn. Church, I can't tell you how many times people have come up to the altar and met me and the prayer team, and, and they wanted prayer. And they're all like, you know, I think I need change, things to change in my life. You know, things are just out of whack in my life. And then we'll go to pray for them, and, and then we don't see them again for weeks or months. So you guys, you have to have a, a passion to see God change things in your life. You have to have a want to, to be willing to, to put the effort in to see things change in your life. See, too many times we're like that guy that goes to the refrigerator and we pull out that milk carton and he smells it and it's spoiled and he puts it back in. He says, well, maybe to be fresh tomorrow. And he walks away. You have a responsibility to go get some fresh milk. You have a responsibility to get the spoiled things out of your life, guys, and seek after God. You have that, you have that responsibility. Put some effort into it. To not be lazy and expect someone else to do it for you. Proverbs 12, 24 says this, hard work will give you power. But being lazy will make you a slave. You have to want to see change. You have to want to have the fire of God burning in your life. And it's going to take some work. It's going to take some effort on your part. But just sitting around and doing nothing, guys, will make you a slave to your sins and your addictions and your insecurities. You've got to have a want for that fire of God in your life. 
You have to invest in yourself. Jesus Christ has already invested in you. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. He washed away your sins. He wiped away your past. He's invested in you. Now you need to invest in what God has for you, the plan, the purpose he has for you, that abundant life that he has for you. He says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He says, but I come that you might have life and life more abundantly, life to the full. You have to be disciplined in keeping the fire burning in your lives, guys, to keep it from going out. We're the keepers of the flame in our lives. It's our responsibility. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to keep the fire of God lit in my life. When I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart and entered into that covenant relationship, now it's my responsibility to deepen my walk, to go deeper with the Lord, to know him in a personal, passionate way that fire is burning in my life for him, guys. It's up to you and me to keep that flame going. No one else can grow that flame. No one else can grow your relationship. It's a personal relationship. It's a personal fire for your life. You have to want to keep the fire burning in your life, guys. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Uh, which is in you through the laying on of hands. When you're around, guys, and you feel like the fire's going out in your life, you have a responsibility to blow on it, to fan on it, to do whatever you can to get it going again in your life. It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility to keep the fire of God burning in our lives. If you're cold today, guys, you, you know, you're, you got your chill going on in your life. It's your responsibility. If you're, if you're out in the woods camping and it's freezing outside and your fire is going out, you'll do whatever you can to get that fire going. You'll be, all, you'll be blowing on it. You'll be fanning on it. Whatever you can do to get that fire going, to be warm, guys. And that's the same thing with our, our relationship with Christ. It's up to us to do whatever we can to keep it burning in our lives. Put the fire in our lives, guys. Do you have the fire of God in your life? You want the fire of God coming off your life that people will feel it, that when someone stands next to you, they'll feel the heat off your life. There's an old saying in baseball, it's called bring the heat. That when someone could pitch fast, it'd be like, come on, bring the heat. Are you bringing the heat today when you come to church? Do you have the heat of the Holy Spirit in your life? When you go out into your jobs, are you bringing the heat? When you come home, are you bringing the heat in your ministry? Are you bringing that heat of the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you on fire for the Holy Spirit, guys? Bring in the heat. Praise God. That when people come by you, they just sense, they just know that there's a touch of God upon your life. That the presence of God is upon your life. Because that, that anointing power, it's just, it's just burning in you. They feel it. It's, they can touch it. They can feel it. The Bible says that Moses had to put a veil upon his face. So much glory of God, the power of God, you know, the anointing, the fire of God was, was on his life when he came down from Mount Sinai with the, with the temple tablets said, or the tablets said, they had to cover his face. They had to put a veil over his face because that anointing power, you know. Uh, I've been around some people that needed to cover their face, but because it wasn't because of the, you know, the power of God, it was because they were ugly. You know, they, they needed some makeup or something, but praise God, they need, we need the power of God in our lives, guys. Church, if you want the presence of God in your life, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to start that fire, to keep it going in your life. And it starts with the disciplines of the Christian faith. So what keeps the fire burning in your life? Well, number one is confession, guys. You can't keep any uh, sin in your life, any unconfessed sin in your life. It's got to go. You can't have sin in your life. Inspect the fire to keep burning in your life. You can't keep secret sins. You can't say, well, I want to get rid of these and keep a couple here on the side. you got to get rid of all sin in your life, guys. you got to confess it and get rid of it to keep the fire from burning in your life. 
Confession is about coming clean, about being truthful. God already knows what's going on in your, in your life, so there's no sense of trying to hide it, to justify it, or just kind of push it to the side. Declare it, get rid of it, confess it, then get it right before God. Don't try to hide your stuff. Get rid of it. First John 1.10 says this. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, guys. God's not wanting to beat you over the head with a baseball bat. He's not hiding behind a tree that when you come around, you got sin in your life. He's wanting to beat you over the head with it. He's wanting you to confess it, get rid of it, so he can have a relationship and, and be restored. You can be restored with a relationship with him, that he can have that fire burning again in your life, guys. So if you got it in your life, confess it and get rid of it. Psalm says this in 86. It says, for the Lord, you are good and you're ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. The Lord's ready to forgive, and he's abundant in mercy, and he'll forgive all those who call upon him, guys. Praise God. James 5 and 16 says this. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. See, guys, it's good to have a brother or a sister in your life that you can go to, that you can confess in, that you can confide in you know, and share some things you're going, going through in your life, but just make sure they're a man, they're a woman of integrity, that, that when you talk to them, they're not going to go blab it off to somebody else, you know, that there's safety in that relationship. You know, sometimes there's healing in getting things off your chest and just being able to share with a friend some struggles and some things you're going through in your life. There's a breaking process that happens when, when you can just kind of share and get rid of some things that you've been carrying in your life. There's a healing that can take place, you know. And those people, sometimes they're great because they can point out things in your life. They can point out the, the blind spots maybe that you're going through, you know, and they can say, hey, you know, you need to maybe change this. You, may, you need to maybe work on that. They'll help you keep the fire going in your life. The Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. See, real friends, Christian friends, brothers and Christians, Christians will stab you in the front. They won't stab you in the back. They'll keep it real with you. And we need people like that in our lives that we can go to, that you can confide in, guys. Everybody needs a friend they can talk to and confide in and confess some things with. Confession of our faith, guys, will keep the fire burning in your life when we confess, confess our, our profession of faith. Praise the Lord. When you share with uh, people what God's done in your life, what God's doing in your life, our confession of faith, it, it'll help you have the fire burning in your life. You know, it empowers you, it encourages you, it energizes you, and it energizes people around you when you share what God's doing in your life. When we hand out food to the homeless and, and go out to the park, when, when you're, you know, you're witnessing to those people and you get an opportunity to pray for them, there's a couple of things that happen. You know, first of all, you're, you're thankful for God's mercy and grace on your life that you're not in that situation. You know, but then it energizes you because you're, you're, you're touching their lives. And, and something about just giving, and God's a giver, that just empowers you to want to do more and get involved in God's uh, work and his kingdom, guys. Revelations 12, 11 says this. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. The blood of Jesus Christ and their testimony. My confession, my confession of faith, guys, will help me keep the fire of God burning in my life. What keeps the fire burning in your life? Well, number two is prayer. Prayer to the spiritual man is like air to the natural man. Without it, they'll both die. Every fire needs to breathe. Every fire needs air to breathe or it's, the flames will go out. If I take a fire and I put a glass bowl over it and no air can get in, you're going to see it die out and just turn to smoke because it's suffocated. It's got to have air. In church, there's so many Christians nowadays that are dying because they don't pray enough. 
They're not getting any air. They're, they're suffocating in their spiritual walk. When you don't pray, it's like living your Christian life under a bowl. Your fire will burn out. If you don't have a prayer life, guys, if it's not part of your regular uh, daily routine, your fire is eventually going to go out. You have to have prayer in your life. And you must make time for prayer. It's got to be disciplined in your life, guys. If you don't have a prayer life, you better get one. The Bible says in Mark 1.35, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he, talking about Jesus, went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. There's going to be times you're going to need to get away from people and get a quiet place and begin to pray. See, prayer takes work, guys. It's discipline. You have to train yourself to do it. It doesn't come naturally because it's, it, the flesh will fight you every time. Someone will call. Something will happen. But it's got to be a discipline in the Christian life where you make time to pray. You make time to seek God, to keep the fire of God burning in your life. Jesus was faithful in prayer. He made it a daily. He made a daily prayer meetings to commune with God the Father. Besides corporate prayer and uh, prayer groups, guys, uh, prayer is personal. It's between you and God. It can be very bold or it can be very intimate. And without prayer, guys, your Christian walk, your life is hindered. You have to have prayer in your Christian life. That's why we have prayer meeting here on Tuesday nights. And uh, we come down here. If you're a new Christian, you need to come down here and learn to pray, learn that discipline, learn to spend time with God. You know, you can stand up and hold hands. You can lay in the floor. You can sit on a seat. You can kneel at the altar. The thing is just, guys, come and pray. Learn to develop that Christian life, that, that prayer life as a Christian. We need to, uh, to have that prayer in our lives. So I, I get between some of the girls here that can really pray and get it going, and, uh, and uh, it's almost like doing the wave because they'll get to preach praying, you know, and you're, you're dancing, and they're, they're going, so, so it's pretty good. But once I break hands, then I go to the altar myself, and that's where I can work on my personal stuff that I need with God, you know, and, and lately God's just been doing something in my life where, where I've been breaking and just crying and, and getting rid of some things, and you know, I look forward to it every week because it's my time with God, and you got to have time with God. Romans 12, 12 says this, it says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Church, you want to keep the fire burning in life, you're going to have to make time to meet with God, to pray, and to seek Him. What keeps the fire burning in your life, number three, is worship. When we come in these doors and we can learn to cast off the cares of this life and, and the things that's going on next week and tomorrow and after church, and we can just learn to focus in on God and just raise our hands and, and praise Him and worship Him. The Bible says in Psalm 76, in a Judah, I'll be known. Judah's a Hebrew word for praise and praise. God will make Himself known to you if you'll learn to worship Him and praise Him and cast off the things that's bugging you. He will meet you there. Not only that, then He says, I will bring Break the bows and the arrows and the shields and the swords of the enemy. So when you learn to come to a place where you can praise and block out everything, God's going to fight your battles. He's going to break those things in your life that's coming against you. If you'll learn to worship and praise God and be a praiser, a worshiper, guys. One day this church is going to get that revelation and we're going to come to this altar and we're going to praise him in spirit and truth and God's going to blow through this place and people's going to be laying in the floor. People's going to be receiving the power of the Holy Spirit because we're going to be worshiping him in truth and spirit, guys. We're going to get that revelation. A church that prays and a church that praises God is a powerful church. And not just in music, guys, but in my time. 
making myself available for the Lord to use me. That's another form of worship. Giving my gifts, my talents of, of playing an instrument, of singing, of, of ushering, of, of working in the nursery, of cleaning the coffee shop. That's, that's acts of worship to the Lord. Our finances, when we finance the mission work, when we finance the work of the church and, you know, and we help those things, that's another form of worship. Giving back to the Lord what he's given us. Just like when Jesus was in the baby in the manger and the magi came and they brought the gifts of frankincense and myrrh and they laid it before him as a, as a form of offering and worship. We're to take our gifts and our talents, guys, and we're to lay them before the Lord as a spiritual act of worship. To have that fire still burning in our lives. To keep it going. What keeps the fire burning in your life? Number four is fasting. I'm talking about disciplines of the faith today. Fasting. The Bible in Matthew 4 and 1 says, Then Jesus was led up in the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. I can guarantee he was hungry. Praise the Lord. So church... If the Son of God fasted, I can't stress how important it is for the, the discipline of fasting in the Christian's life. Fasting that brings breakthrough. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled, guys. There's a blessing in fasting. There's breakthrough that takes uh, place in fasting. And maybe there's some things in your life that's only going to change through some fasting and prayer in your life. Fasting is the time to pull away from, from things and from people. And to seek and spend more time with God. Fasting will help you be more uh, sensitive to the trash that tries to come into your life from outside sources. A season of fasting and prayer will help you get your focus back on God, on your spiritual life. Fasting dethrones the self-will of my life. And it helps me want to follow the leading and the will of the Holy Spirit for my life. Church fasting and prayer was a big part of Jesus' life. So how come it's such a small part of the Christian's life? Now I'll give you a couple of reasons here. Because fasting uh, takes discipline. It's not easy. Because in fasting, you need to pray. And you need to get in God's word. And that's hard for a lot of people. It's a disciplined life. Because let me tell you something. If you fast and you don't pray and read, all you've done is starved yourself. You have to pray and you have to read during your fast. Fasting's not comfortable. Things come against you. You get hunger pains. The enemy attacks you because he doesn't want you growing. He doesn't want you getting breakthrough in your life. I remember for some dumb reason, we went on a hike when I was on a fast last year. I planned it wrong or something other. So all I, I went climbed this big old mountain, me, Keith, and Noah, and uh, Jesse. And we came back, and we were tired. And, and all I had was bananas and peanuts. And we pulled into this gas station right outside of Yosemite. And the car broke down. And so I'm, I'm already hungry. I'm frustrated. The, the car won't start. It's like 9 o'clock at night. I'm out there working on it. It's going to be like $1,000 to get this car towed back to Woodland. Keith comes around the corner from the pizzeria with a big old pizza box. He's eating pizza. And I'm like, got peanuts and bananas. And I just so I wanted to leave him there, you know. And, and uh, 
and we, we couldn't get the car started. We had to spend the night. There was no hotel rooms. I actually had to stay in a trailer that the roof was falling down. It was really trailer trash, you know. I slept in my clothes because I didn't want the bed bugs carrying me away. It was just so, th- I was being attacked. There's things that happen when you're fasting because the enemy wants you to break your fast. He wants you to get off of it. But praise God, thank the Lord, I just kept eating my bananas and peanuts and, and, and kept going. Praise the Lord. Fasting is denying yourself. It's saying no to your flesh. And, and guys, that's the reason right there, that's, that's a big problem right there with most Christians, is they don't want to live a disciplined life. They don't want to be part of anything that takes them out of their comfort zone. And they don't want to deny themselves. And that's why so many Christians, guys, are not on fire for God nowadays. They're more smoke than fire. See, this Christian life is a life of disciplines. And you have to have the disciplines in our life, guys, to keep the fire burning in your life. The very word Christian means to be Christ-like. And how do we call ourselves Christians, guys, if we don't do the things that Christ did? Christ fasted. He prayed. He loved people. And he served. He was a servant. He had a servant's heart. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And as Christians, we need the disciplines of, of the Christian faith in our life. Fasting will keep the fire from burning out in your life, guys. It'll keep the flame going. What keeps the fire burning in your life is number five, is being a student of the word. You just can't read the Bible a one time over and think it's done, it's over with. The Bible has to be a continually source that you're reading in your life throughout your life until the day the Lord calls you home. You need to be in God's word. Be a student of God's word. A student studies. A student is a learning. He's growing in his understanding of God's word. Paul tells Timothy, a young pastor here in 2 Timothy, he says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, guys. Church, we're to be students of the word of God, to rightly divide the word of truth, to learn the word and know how to divide it and how to use it. God's word to the Christian, guys, is our measuring stick. It's a standard for our lives of what we measure our lives up to. You can't keep the fire of God burning in your life if you don't stay in God's word. You don't learn to discipline yourself to read God's word, not just once a week or or once a month or when I come to church, bring my Bible and and skip through a couple of scriptures. It's got to be in your life. The fire of God comes through the word of God. You got to have that fire in your life. You got to be in God's word to know his word. Praise the Lord. Colossians says this in 3.16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in in you richly in all wisdom. Dwell in you richly in all wisdom. That word drill, dwell, guys, means live in me. Be a part of me. Live in me. Be a part. And richly, guys, is referring to being profitable. Gain. Having gain in my life. Being profitable in my life. The word of God is to dwell in my life. Live in me. To have gain in my life. To, have pro- to be profitable in my life. The word of God. And again, in Timothy uh, says here in 3.16, all scriptures is breathed out by God and are profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And if a man of God uh, would be uh, uh, competent and equipped for every good work. My grandma Marlo used to tell me all the time, Jeff, get in his word, get in his word, know his word. He's his word. And the Bible tells us here in John uh, 1.14 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He is his word. God is his word. To know God is to know his word, guys. In church, there's a lot of people that know God's word. 
You know, they can quote it. You know, they attend church, and, and some of them even teach at universities, you know, religious universities. But there's still no fire in their life. Because it's got to be more than just being able to quote the word and know the word. There's got to be an application of the word in your life where you're applying the word. You're applying what you're reading, the learning of God's word, the principles of God's word. It's got to be applied to your life. You just can't read the Bible. It's got to be applied. Keep the, that will keep the fire burning in your life. We have to apply the principles, the application of the word to our lives. Praise to God. Things that will cause you to have more smoke than fire in your life. And it's an unprepared altar, guys. Unprepared altar. See, uh, church, in the Old Testament, the temple was a place where they would bring sacrifices. And they would do burnt offerings and, and do sacrifices. And the altar had to be prepared in a certain way uh, for, for the Lord to receive these offerings and these sacrifices. And here now in the new covenant, me and you, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And our lives is to be a, a place of offering and sacrifice. Our lives are to be prepared and lived in a certain way for, for, for the fire of God to fall in our lives, for the fire of God to be in our lives. Romans says this, if the worship team wants to come on back up, I'm just about done. 12.1 says this, I beseech you, brothers, therefore, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then in Leviticus in the Old Bible, in a 610, the Lord gives specific instructions on how the altar was to be prepared to receive the, the, the offerings and the sacrifice. And he says right here in a 610, it says, The priest must put on his linen clothes, including the linen and the undergarments. So there's these two garments, an outer garment and an inner garment, and it was supposed to be white and clean. And I wonder today, today guys, if, if a lot of people may be here, or may, maybe you're here today, and you don't have the fire of God in your life, maybe it's because your garments aren't clean. Maybe, maybe your outer garment, you think you're, you're clean, but really there's something in your life that's not clean, and God sees it, and it's going to be up to you guys to, to, to get that clean so the fire of God can fall again in your life. So your sacrifices will be acceptable to God. You can't, you got to be clean on the inside and the outside. And then 6 and 10, he says, remove the ashes that are left over from the altar, from the fire that consumed the burnt offering. And maybe, you guys, you have more smoke than fire in your life today because maybe you've left an old sacrifice on the altar. Maybe from years ago, maybe you, you served on a, on, a, on a worship team. Maybe you uh, taught a Sunday school class and, and you've left it on the altar but that's yesterday. I can't go off of yesterday's sacrifices. I can't go off of what I did a year ago or six weeks ago. What are you doing for the Lord today? What sacrifices are you making for the Lord today? What are you offering the Lord today in your life to keep the fire burning in your life? See, because they had to clean the altar off. It had to be clean. You couldn't leave nothing on it because ashes will snuff out a fire. And maybe your fire's not burning, guys, today because you've got too many ashes in your life. And you need to clean them off the altar and put a new sacrifice, a new offering on there for the Lord. Amen. That you can have the fire of God burning again in your life. And then 612, he says this, he says, The priest will burn wood on the altar every morning. And that the fire must always be burning on the altar. And it must never go out. See guys, the wood is the fuel. And see, the fuel for our altar for our fire is the disciplines of the Christian faith. 
So maybe you're here today and your fire's gone out, but maybe it's because you're not putting the right wood on, your, on, on the altar. You're not you're putting the fasting. You're not putting the prayer. You're not putting the reading God's word and spending time with him on your fire. See, it takes those things, guys, to keep the fire burning in our life. Are you on fire for the Lord today? Or is there just more smoke in your life than there is fire? Church, God wants the fire to be continually burning in your life. Do you have the fire of God today? Or are you just smoking ashes? The Bible says that our Lord is a consuming fire. He wants to consume your life. He doesn't want you sitting around on a pile of ashes and smoke. He wants you on fire. He wants you blazing so people can see the light of Christ in your life that will draw them to you, that you can share the witness and the story of what Jesus Christ can do in their life. But we got to be on fire, and we got to discipline our, le- our lives to spend time with God, to be in his presence, to let the anointing power of the Holy Spirit flow in our lives, because that's what's going to change your life, guys. If you're on fire for God, when things come against you, addictions, sins, they get burned up because the fire of God's in your life. And so if you're here today, and you need a touch of God, maybe there's some things in your life, maybe you've left some things on the altar in your life that's kind of snuffed out the fire. The fire's not burning like it used to. I would love to pray with you this morning. If you're in need of prayer, and your, your, you know, your body or anything in your life, we want to have the, um, the team come on back up here, the prayer team, and we'll pray with you guys. But learn to spend time with God. You don't even have to have a, a need in your life. You can just come up to these altars and spend time with God, rekindling the fire in your life, guys, because the Lord wants relationship with you. Praise the Lord. I'm going to wait just a few minutes.